Welcome back to Backward Point Podcast, a podcast about legality, the MCC laws, and timed out. No one ever thought that the one breaking news emergency pod that we do, Bashar, would be on what is transpired today. We will get into it in full detail. With me, as always, is my brother and legal expert of the MCC Laws Rulebook, Ahmed Bashar. So yeah, Ahmed Bashar, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on my own podcast. Glad to be here. And emergency podcast needed because historic day in international cricket. First ever timed out batsman in the 146-year history of international cricket. This has never happened before. It almost happened once in a game uh, between India and South Africa in 2007. It was happening in South Africa. India were six for two. Wasim Jafar gets out, and Sachin Tendulkar is the next batsman in. He takes five to six minutes to get in, and it's not even him getting in in the end. It's Saurav Ganguly. It's up to the captain on field to make the decision whether he wants to appeal for a timeout. And there's a whole debate starting on the internet between what the rules are, what the spirit of the game is, what actually happened. Should Shakib have done that? Was Matthews in the right? Who was in the wrong? We're going to discuss all of those things in this podcast. So strap in, stay tuned, and we're about to dive in. So before we start the podcast, I just want to, you know, relay some breaking news. We have actually found footage of what happened in that game against South Africa where Satan Tendulkar was late to the party. He was actually posing for the statue that is in Wankhede Stadium. And that is why he was late, Bashar. I want you to know and the fans to know that this is breaking news. Wankhede Stadium statue was being posed during that game and he almost got timed out. So was it worth it? Time will tell, Steve Smith. And, uh, you know, just before we get things rolling, I mean, this is going to be a juicy one because I didn't think that we'd be able to do an emergency pod this this year. I mean, there was a moment where we were like, maybe for England because holy shit, they've been shit, right? But it had to come down to the Noggin Derby. It had to come down to, you know, Angelo Matthews, who wasn't even part of the 15. And this entire tournament has been, you know, a a bookie's worst nightmare. And let's get let's get it. Like I'm I'm totally into this. Before anything, obviously, we gotta thank our Spotify, uh Spotify gang, but gotta thank our Patreon fam. We asked questions on the Patreon of what they thought about the situation, which we'll be relaying, you know, piece by piece in this podcast but you know just a lot of emotions a lot of sentiments the internet is on fire right now Bashar what did you see on the internet that made you believe that this was something worth talking about and getting me out of the bed at 12 a.m ever since you've talked about how this is one of the most boring world cups in history suddenly this world cup is now blown open the fourth spot is up for grabs between Pakistan New Zealand even Afghanistan for that sense and a dead rubber game like today has produced one of the biggest breaking news headlines. And it's it's produced an event that's never happened in international cricket. So happy to be covering this. Uh, happy to have you off the bed and in this chair to record this. You look pristine. Can you tell the viewers where you've been partying in Toronto on a Monday night? Um, I, I cannot disclose that. So I'll tell you where he was. He was heading the ManCAD committee and making sure that the Matthews is now the worst way to get out 
not the man cat. Can you confirm that? If I speak, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into what actually happened. I'll give you guys a whole backstory if you live under a rock and you don't know what happened. Essentially, what happened today is a game between Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. Sri Lanka is batting first. Sadira Samarikrama gets out. Angelo Matthews walks in. He takes his guard. And while he's about to face the first delivery, he fixes the strap of his helmet and the strap breaks off. Now, obviously, Matthews cannot bat without a helmet. You know, there's been a lot of helmet regulations post the death of Phil Hughes. So helmets are ever so important in today's day and age than they ever have been before. So Matthews, as any sane man would, calls in for a replacement helmet. By the time that the helmet comes in, Shakib Al Hassan, the captain of the Bangladesh team, appeals to the umpire for a timeout to be given against Angelo Matthews. Now, we heard what Shakib Al Hassan said in the post match about his decision to appeal, but just the decision of the umpire because Angelo Matthews had gone over the time limit for him to be on the crease and ready to face the delivery, he was given out. It's within the rules of the game. And I will get into what the actual rule is. Uh, the rule says, and I, I'm going to quote the MCC law 40.1.1. It says, after the fall of a wicket or the retirement of a batter, the incoming batter must, unless time has been called, be ready to receive the ball or for the other batter to be ready to receive the next ball within three minutes of the dismissal. If the requirement is not met, the incoming battle batter will be out timed out. Now, Shalgi Balasan mentions that um, his teammate came up to him and told him after Angelo Matthews takes his time to come to the crease and then the whole helmet scenario, he says, hey, if you want, you can actually appeal for this. And within the laws of the games, he'll be given out. And Shalgi says that, you know, it is within the laws of the game and in a cricket match between two countries, he thinks that he is at war with Sri Lanka. They also have a history of the whole Nagan dance thing. So also with given the fact that the Champions Trophy 2025 is up for grabs qualification for that. And it's all based off of how teams finish in the table points table for this World Cup. So basically they're playing for a spot to automatically qualify for the champions trophy which is to happen kusal mendes the captain of the sri lankan team mentioned that this was a disappointing event he was not expecting this to happen from the bangladesh team the fourth umpire came to the post match and also talked about what the rules were and why he stayed with the decision of it being given out so the icc cricket world cup laws supersede the mcc laws which i had earlier stated what they were the law states that the batsman must be ready to face the delivery within two minutes. So we're talking about the bowler is at his run-up marker. The batsman is ready to face the delivery all within two minutes of the previous batsman being out. And Matthews, as the umpire says, and I quote, he was late regardless of the helmet strap being broken. And as part of him being ready to face a delivery, the helmet being in place is all part of the the whole process so given his helmet broke that basically means that he was not ready to face a delivery and when you're playing cricket at the international level you've got to be ready 
You've got to stay within the laws of the game. And now I throw it out back to you. What is what what happened? What did you think? Initial thoughts? What is the spirit of cricket? What is the laws of cricket? What's going on? So I just let you monologue. I actually actually timed this. You started at four minutes and twenty seconds, and you ended at eight minutes and ten seconds. I let you monologue for four minutes, and but basically you said in a long-winded way was that Bangladesh is so shit that they will look at new rules and try to break 146-year-old records just to get Angelo Matthews, who's probably should have been retired two years ago, dismissed. My question, dear sir, is not about the way that this, you know, the, the ethics of this dismissal or the legality of this dismissal or the spirit of the game. My question is something completely different. My question is, why is Bangladesh who has been playing international cricket for over 30 freaking years, still so dog shit. I was speaking to one of my Bangladesh friends and he mentioned that their cricket board is very corrupt. It's very bad. And it's because they've had one chairman for 13 years. And I told him, buddy, the PCB has 25 chairmen in the past 13 years. So it seems that Bangladesh and Pakistan, they're both at the extremes of chairmen. Lots of drama and emotions involved with Bangladesh cricket. Just the most recent one with the whole Tamim Iqbal fiasco, him playing, captaining, being unfit, resigning, retiring, coming back, being unfit again. And then Shakib unwittingly takes the captainship. They go into the World Cup and they just look not fully there. That's not even my concern. Like this specific World Cup has not been my concern. I just want to, in comparison... This is Afghanistan's third World Cup in the history of the International Cricket Council. This is Afghanistan's third World Cup. They've been uh, they've been an associate team, but now they've been sort of like a test regulated team for over 10 years now. They have shown 200x improvement from what Bangladesh has shown in the past 20 years. My beef with the Bengali team right now is not that they did this. I'll get to it 100%. It's that they've been so dog shit that they've been resulted to people in the Bengali team actually having to go and read the ICC manual and the MCC manual to be like, yo, we need to find new ways to get these people out because cutting it, like bowling it isn't cutting it. This is where my rage comes in from. Bangladesh, what has happened to this team? Like, you know... We sort of use, you know, derogatory terms for teams like Scotland, Ireland, Netherlands. Minnows is one of the words. Associate teams is one of the words. Bangladesh has been at par, if not a little bit better than these teams. Like the Netherlands has shown so much character in this World Cup. They've been better than the Bengali team. How is that possible? The only place where the Bangladesh team actually shines is at home when they make spinning track, the ball doesn't bounce, and they call teams like in India, like Pakistan, like Afghanistan, like Scotland, Zimbabwe, and they beat them there, and they think they're the top of the world. But when it comes to ICC events, the last time that I can remember where they actually played good cricket and went to the knockout stages with the 2017 uh, Champions Trophy, I believe they faced uh, India in the semifinals, right? So ever since that, they just, it's its inconsistent performances. It's relying too heavily on a few players. And I just really don't see a lot of improvement in their whole um, cricket setup, despite having the Bangladesh Premier League, interacting with good players through that league, had them having test status for a long, long time. 
very sad. And a lot of my friends who are actually diehard Bangladesh fans, they've mentioned that, you know, they still watch this team just because of individuals like Mahmoudullah, Mushfiqur Rahim, and Shakib Hassan. But once they retire, there's not much left for fans to watch in this Bangladesh team. Look, this come this this is a cyclical nature nature of cricket and sports in general. That there there will be moments where you know your team is the greatest team in the world, and there will be moments where they're dog shit and they got to rebuild. That happened to the Pakistan cricket team. Happened to the Indian cricket team. Happens to all of them. Like it happened to English cricket. Literally, like after the 2015 World Cup, they built one of the greatest teams, and now they're back into the ruts. That's fine. I'm not docking any team for being in that cyclical nature. Just the Bengali team has never been a force to be reckoned with. And then they come out in a completely dead rubber game, a useless game, a game that has no merit to anything. Like, to be honest, even if in Bangladesh, like they won this game, but they're still out of the contention of the Champions Trophy as we speak. Bengali's winning made Afghanistan qualify today. That's what. That's where we're at. Actually, right now, uh, as the table of the ICC World Cup stands, Bangladesh, after winning this match, uh, because of better run rate, is at number seven, whereas Sri Lanka is number eight. So um, the rule is the top seven teams will automatically qualify, plus the Pakistan team, for the next Champions Trophy. So the way these things are going, I don't even think that the England team might qualify unless they win their next two matches. Um, and Bangladesh goes on to lose... Um, or, or Sri Lanka loses the next uh, the next match that they play. So I think there no, is, in terms of stakes, there was something involved. And uh, Bangladesh, like Chakib mentioned, he said, we're playing cricket. We are at war with the opponent and they're using the resources that they have. That is well said and set in stone with the rules that the ICC has in place. So, so what are you telling me, Bashar? The next time I go to a Miami Amateur Cricket League match, I should probably read the MCC rules because some bloke is going to want me timed out. Should I have stopwatches in the ground and make sure that my players are on the field before 1 minute 59 seconds? Like, this is absurdity that we are seeing in front of us. In a moment like this, like this is what characters who have... This is what captains who have characters actually do. We were just talking about, you know, making fun of the whole Sachin Tanuka thing right now. But you have to give it to Graham Swan. Oh, sorry, Graham Smith. Smith in that moment. Give it to Graham Swan as well. Brilliant left arm, off, off spinner. Um, not left arm, just an off spinner. Because I know people are going to be like, he was not left arm, he was right handed, whatever. Slip of a tongue. But Graham Smith, you got to give it to him in a moment like that where he notices, he sees that, hey, this isn't out of the, you know, moment situation. And I don't want to be, you know, just, I, I don't want to be noticed or I don't want to be remembered as the guy who man it. I mean, sorry, timed out one of the greatest creators of all time. He actually wants to get the players out on merit and not on technicalities. Look, if you would play on technicalities, Bashar, there's a billion ways to get out. You know, um, famously, I know this is sort of a different scenario, but when Inzimam thought that the umpiring is being unfair, he didn't take his team out of the, in the 2006 test against England. He forfeited that game, right? The box on him was being accused of ball tampering and uh, you know just changing the condition of the ball to make it reverse more. I want to actually go a step ahead and I want to recall 1989, Imran Khan, the Pakistan captain, calls back Srikanth, who he thought was given LBW in an incorrect manner. Imran Khan calls him back to bat again and they get him out, I think, after a few balls. 
So that's just the, the stature of the man and, and you, what... You can't compare it because Imran Khan, the class of the man, he actually elevated the sport. He brought it in the global stage. He actually, you know, sort of... He brought it neutral umpires. Neutral umpires. Changed the game. He uplifted the sport when he, in his tenure. Shakib Hassan has done nothing but completely just have individual performances, pretend that he's the Shahidaf really of this team when he's not even... What's a good example? I'm trying to think of like a very mediocre. Dude, Shakib does have a huge fan base. And I saw that when he came here in Canada to play for the Montreal Tigers. Here's my thing. Like, the day of the game, half of the stadium was sold out just because people wanted to see Shakib. I don't mind the fan base that Shakib has. His, his contribution to Bengali cricket. Give it to me. Well, he, in terms of best all-rounders in the world, Shakib is definitely in the top 10 category. And when was the last time Shakib was clutch? Don't give me this performance today. Uh, 2019 World Cup, he was one of the highest run scorers of that World Cup. For shit causes, they got knocked out. Like, what? this is my problem this with Shakib. This is the problem with this team. But the, what, that, what excuses that make, man? Like, Because my, my point is, Afghanistan has individual performances, but they actually add up to something. Rashid Khan is the best spinner all around in the world right now. He's in the top 10 in the ICC rankings for sure. And he, that actually means something, Bashar. But Shakib's useless... Uh, blundering mistakes like the way that he does makes in this game this is like it's an abomination to cricket is Shakib Hassan like I genuinely he pisses me off because his stature in the eyes of the Bengali fans is like oh my god he's the next reckoning he's like Shahid Afridi bro this guy has never come clutch he only plays for individual milestones I know Virat Kohli gets you know bombarded by this he just did when he got this is 49th century Babarazm gets bombarded by this People keep accusing these people because they actually like win games or their criticism is actually on a higher level. Nobody's going to shock him and be like, yo, yeah, you were the 2019 like highest run score. Third from, highest score, yeah. Yeah, from Bangladesh. But um, where did your team end up? Eighth? Ninth? What are you talk what 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 are you talking about, bro? Like Shakibul Hassan, the character of this man is so below par, right? He will go to any lengths to get this win. He got the W, like, so I would have loved if, like, Sir Sri Lanka had won this, and my anger would have been two times more, because you not only disgraced yourself in front of the world media and the cricketing staff, and, like, now you'll be remembered for this legacy, but you also lost the game. That didn't happen. I don't think Angelo Matthews' wicket really changed anything. It was, it's not like he was came in, he was going to come in and score, like, a 35-ball century. It was not, that's not what was going to happen, but... The fact that you got me out of bed at 12 a.m. to do this podcast has me double pissed off. Sorry. At Shakib Hassan. Because, look, I, I met Shakib at the GT20, right? And the GT20 had some star class names. They always do. Shout out GT20. They had your Shahid Afridis, your Shwe Maliks. I mean, Bhaji showed up for two days. Like Chris Gale. Chris Gale. Like, I get when they're like having the quote unquote bharam. I get that. These people have done something. Chris Gale, two times T20 world champion. Shahid Afridi is Shahid Afridi. Man of the tournament in 2007. Man of the matches in semifinal and finals of the 2009 T20 World Cup. Like these people have trophies and gold to back themselves. Shweb Malik is on the pavilion. Shweb Malik is on the pavilion. That, that you put him, give him, give him a statue right now and make it look like Dutchin uh, Ravindra. I don't care. But my point is, Shakib Hassan is like one of those anomalies where his numbers would be like, oh my God. I was reading on the internet, like when the tournament started, somebody was like, oh my God, if Shakib is not in your all time 11 for World Cup, all time 11 in the ODI squad, then like your squad is like incomplete. No, it's not. 
No, it's not. There's 18 different all-rounders that I will pick before Shaka Hassan. Okay, in Shaka defense, I will say that cricket is a game of 11 players and just his individual brilliances cannot single-handedly win the matches. Give me one brilliance. This entire tournament. Give me a brilliance that he's played against the top seven teams. Don't well, give me Sri Lanka. Well, well, today was he was man of the match. Yeah, but don't give me Sri Lanka. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't give me a team that's already down and out. They're playing with like nine and a half players. Angela Matthews is two years retired, came back. He like, they literally got him out of the couch. He was like watching freaking reality TV in Sri Lanka. And he was like, oh no, you got to play the World Cup now. That's what the Angela Matthews... Man came in with a broken helmet. Broken helmet. <laughs> came in with a broken helmet. Half his hairline is gone. No, we're talking, <laughs> talking about that. Bro, he reminds me of LeBron James. Bro... <laughs> LeBron James, yes. Reverse LeBron James. He reminds me of LeBron James's head, but um, Harden's body from 2022's uh, NBA playoffs. What a tragedy that was. But like this man is a tragic component. And then he comes out and gets timed out. Like I'm furious because there is this is a no stakes game. Your team is shit. Work on your team play, like players. And... Why didn't he take the name of the player who came up and like chirped in his ear and was like, yo, you know, maybe we should freaking time this player out. Like, I think that's the only way we can get Angelo Matthews out. Really? Really? Bowl over 130 and you'll get him out. It's Angelo Matthews. He's 37 years old. Like, this is the thing that's pissing me off. Like, we don't, I, we haven't even talked about the legality and the ethics of it all. Because I know some chump is already typing, this is legal, 40.1.1, go read it, you guys suck, blah, blah, blah. I, I already see that coming, so I'm not even going to respond to that. But the legality of something and the ethics of something is completely different. This is the same argument we had for the MANCAD. This is the same I get what the timeout rule is for, Bashar. You know what the what the thought process was when the MCC laws were being made in this situation? They were like, yo, these guys are going to take like 20 minutes to come out, right? We don't have that kind of time. Let's put a timer on it and like, let's put some stakes so that people are actually out on the field on the right time. Makes sense. Two minutes is fair, like more than enough time, bro. We play amateur cricket. When the openers go into bat, we have number three and four already padded up, right? That's just how it works. You want to make sure that two people are padded up behind the openers or whoever's into bat so that you don't suck up time. I get it. But you don't go out and you use the stupid laws of four. Like, did just, did the player come to shock him and be like, yo, 40.1.1 is in play right now. We should probably activate it. <laughs> activate it. Activate 40.1.1. Like, Abysmal, abysmal performance, very cheap, very shady by Bangladesh, as always. These people have the knacks to go out and play World Cups, but they they don't want to do more than, you know, they want to get higher than the seventh place. Then they want to go into the Champions Trophy and, you know, suck there as well. You know what, Sri Lanka, I hope you make it to the Champions Trophy and Bangladesh gets rooted out. You know what, at this point, I want Netherlands to make it. They have shown more character in this entire tournament than the Bengali team in general have in the past three years. Shout out to Shahriz Ahmed, bro. That guy, I get I, 10 Shahriz Ahmeds over one Shakir Bosan. You know, I think Man, maybe, my, my rant is over. Maybe when uh, Angela Matthews walked in, one of the Bangladesh players had one of those um, those meters in Dragon Ball Z where they would check the power levels. <laughs> and his meter was not right. So he said, when Matthews came on, it's over 9,000 and it broke. And he's like, the only way we got to get him out is we've got to time him out. Um, so you're saying that the conspiracy is actually that the Bengali players broke the helmet that <laughs> he was supposed to wear? The conspiracy is they thought he was too overpowered. So the only way to get him out is to time him out. It's Angelo Matthews. That's what's pissing me off. It's not VK18. It's not SM18. It's not 
Shadab Khan. It's not it's not Steve Smith. It's not someone who you would actually like go out of your way to risk this kind of humiliation. Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to remember what happened in match 38 in 2023 World Cup. No one's going to give a shit. That's it. Like, that, that's my rant. I congratulations think- to your win, Shakib. Like, I hope you, you know, love, like, whatever, the man of the match trophy in, in your house in Dhaka. I hope it's glistening with this pride that you won this game today. But at what cost, buddy? I think what we need to really talk about is that we have a Tamiya Mugbalib agenda. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, our, our dad's a Bangladeshi, right? But he's, he was born and, and raised in he's Bangladesh. Not, he's not Bengali. But okay, we have to give context to that now that you mentioned it. He was born in Dhaka and then 1971 happened and then he moved to uh, Karachi. So he was from East Pakistan. So he speaks fluent Bangla. And when the whole Tamim Iqbal thing happened, he had a press conference in Bangla. And I had to get the phone to my dad and be like, yo, translate this to me in real time. What is he saying? So that's how I got the information of what Tamim was saying. And since but, then you've been... A fan. I want to talk about uh, the spirit of the game. Why do we all keep coming back to the spirit of the game when incidents like this happen? Just in the past six months, we've seen a couple of um, really like incidents that put a bitter taste in your mouth. For example, the Johnny Barristow stumping, the Shadab Khan Mankad. So when things like these happen, we always come back and talk about, oh, it's against the spirit of the game. Now, cricket as we all should have known by now, is a gentleman's game. It was invented uh, to play cricket. Um, the Lords used to play it in, back in the day. You play it in that. whites, you have tea breaks, you have lunch breaks. Now you even have dinner breaks because of um, pink ball, light cricket. But it's supposed to be a sophisticated sport. It's supposed to instill discipline in your life. You're supposed to follow and abide by the rules of the game. It's the only game that has laws, bro, not... Like there's no rule book, there's a law book. Like that's the short sort of quote unquote pretentious snobbery that comes with playing cricket. But you know you abide by the rules. I get so it. if the laws make the sport go against the spirit of it, I believe you need to go back and amend the laws because when things like these happen, it 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 does. It's not good showing for the sport of cricket. The fans start hating each other and fighting on the internet. Keyboard warriors come out. So just for example, the whole man cat thing, every, every time it happens, there's always debates on, you know, would you have done it? Would I have done it? Would person X have done it? And it's the same thing in this scenario. Like, you know, Graham Smith, as we just mentioned, did not appeal for a timeout against Sachin in the 07 Test Match Series. So, I mean, there needs to be a way for the ICC go back, change the rules, amend it, make it in a way where these conversations don't keep popping up because there's always debates on the internet. And I think there, there needs to be a way to settle this. I think that's a good point that you made about the whole gentleman thing because Omer on, on Patreon said it wasn't gentleman-like of Bangladesh, but still allowed it as it's within the rules of the game. The umpire should keep a check on whether the time is being wasted deliberately or if there's a genuine reason and, that the, and then penalize the team according to their judgment. I mean... Yeah, I, I agree with the mayor here completely. Like, there should be context to this. You can't, this this didn't happen in a vacuum. Like, that's what I keep saying. Like, Angela Matthews, it wasn't like he came out to with a deliberate broken helmet and like he was waving it around. And then it was like, oh no, my helmet's broken. Like, he just didn't know. When he was pulling the strap, it came out, right? That's what happened. It was a genuine mistake. It was a genuine, it can happen with anyone, man. And like, you don't have to be so rigid that you take the fun out of the game. This is what it was. It took the fun out of the game. The, this happened in like the middle of the first innings and the next innings and a half, 
was so hostile and bitter. And like you, you go back and you watch that game or you, when you were actually watching the game live, even our Discord channel, it was just like, bro, it's just not fun anymore because it feels like they'll do anything to win at this time. I was expecting a Mancat too. Imagine a timed out and a Mancat in the same game. Bengalis would have lost my respect forever. There is an interesting scenario presented by Kavish from our Patreon. Thank you guys for, again, uh, posting these questions, these scenarios. It really helps enhance the quality of the conversation that we have. So the scenario pitched by Kavish is the following. He says, Pakistan versus India World Cup final. India needs six runs to win in the final with two wickets in hand. Shaheen Afridi comes in in the last door where he gets a wicket off the first ball. And Babar Azam then appeals for a timeout for the next batsman to come in as he is taking too long. You know, this is, as per the rules, Pakistan wins the World Cup. Is this smart cricket or is this against the spirit of the game? And I, I want to add my question, you know, would we be happy with the World Cup win like that? It's within the rules. No, completely not. Like, you know, that that would be disgraceful. I wouldn't count that as a legitimate win for Pakistan, even though the gold would say it's on something else. We would bring in the trophy. Like, all of that would have been fair. But you would always look back and be like, that was snobby. That was shady, snaky, lizard-like, almost like a weasel movement, you know, the way that you played that game. It's not the way that I would want to win any game. You know, and that's why I was so happy in the second ODA against Afghanistan, where when Afghanistan man-catted Shadab, there was a moment where when when Nasim, you know, top edges it or it edges it four, I wasn't happy just that Pakistan had won. I was happy that it was a big like fu to the people who want to win like that. That's what was the more. Like the redemption arc for that was more inclined towards that feeling as opposed to a win. And here, I would have loved for Sri Lanka to like completely obliterate Bangladesh here because that would have been like, oh, you wanted to go to any lengths to win this and this is what you get at the end. I mean, I, I agree with Gavish here. I, that would have been against the spirit of the game. I don't want to win like that. I don't want to win any trophy like that. I would rather lose if that's the case to be. And... He also actually had a solution in, in the same comment, Bashar. He said that introduce yellow and red cards. Like, you know, if you arrive too late, first yellow card, another breach of rule, like time wasting, you know, sometimes cram, sometimes acting. I see what you did there, Kavish. Uh, running on the pitch, et cetera, second yellow card, red card. Like that should, that's a very, that's a very effective way of having, you know, decorum in the field and making sure that it's not sort of an unfair decision because cricket is a lot more nuanced in the sense that a wicket literally may change the entire game. 152 for two, 191 all out Pakistan. One wicket changed the, that entire scenario and things like that add up. The ICC should look into that. I want to know, Bashar, how do how does one go to the MCC law book and change a law? Is there a committee? Is there a voting? Are there like old white babas sitting in the MCC stands? Do they have to say like, what is, how do I go about and write a, make a petition? Who do I talk to to get this rule and the run out quote unquote man cat out of the rule book? Because it seems like we'll be running into these situations more and more often. And if I can't, then can you tell me where I could find an MCC law book? Cause I'm going to start reading I heard it's a very dry read, but you know what? If I want to play some cricket, I need to know how I can get out. So you can find the MCC law books. That was a rhetorical question. Okay. It's a, on the Lord's <laughs> oh my website. God. 
the home of cricket. All right, guys, but we're going to link in the description. Please buy one. <laughs> Holy shit. I think I'm not actually fully sure how do we change the rules, but what I would assume is the way is that there is an MCC committee in place, which would take these requests and these petitions, they would review it, and hopefully by the end of the whole review and investigation, they come out with a solution to the whole thing. But my, my point is... If they say man cuts are illegal, then wouldn't the batsman be trying to take unfair advantage? Or then would you then bring up the red card and yellow cards and be like, okay, this is your first yellow card. You are advancing before the ball is being bowled. Second time you do it, the umpire will give it out. That could be a way to solve this. I love that. You know, I love at least you can make the batsman aware that that's a situation that has occurred. You do that again, you're out. Right, it doesn't come to a surprise to anyone on the field when you just suddenly get run out when you're like trying to steal a run. I get it. Okay, yeah, you want to steal a run. It's not fair. It's already a batter's advantage. It's already a batter's game at this point with the two new balls and the fields coming in. That's the only thing that the bowlers have. We get the one of the reels that we made, Bashar, about the man cat. You remember it went viral. People still comment on that and they still give me this bullshit idea that oh my god, this is a batter's paradise situation. What do the bowlers have? Like let them have this. No, <laughs> no, I won't because this is a stupid way to get out. You have not done anything spectacular or, you know, it's not merit by merit. That's my, that's my argument. When you get someone bowled or catched, caught out or LBW, it's merit. I bowled at you, Bashar, you were unable to play it. You got out. I, I was, I overcame you in that spell, that play of cricket. Man catting, I didn't overplay you anything. You just were, the ball didn't even happen. You just. We're not in your crease. And I was just aware enough to get that out. Like, okay, fine. You can give me points, brownie points for being clever. But I didn't really outsmart my opponent in that moment, which was the batsman. I outsmarted the runner, who's not really even paying attention the same way that a batter is. That's an argument to be made. He should be. He should be on his line. He should be making sure that he's not like overstepping, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. Give me a yellow. Give me a red. You know, lead up to it. Don't just immediately book the player. In a situation like this, if you actually want to make sure that the players come in time, find them. Pakistan team has been fined the past two games for slow overrate. They already have not been paid. They, how did they pay these fines? 20% Pakistan team already. You know, Babar Azam scratching his head. He returned his jewelry. Did you know this? He bought a Shirvani for his wedding and he returned it. Allegedly. 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 He had to come out today and deny that. Deny, he's denying it because negative 20%, Bashar. What is happening in this country? It's happening. It's whatever's happening is happening. And if that's like the way that you want to resolve this, you know, because this is a stupid way to get out, then yeah, fine. Okay, give him negative 10%, 20% match fee. You know, that affects them because, you know, it's it's real money being taken out of their account. They'll be more cautious for the next time. The game goes on. You know, uh, the Caribbean Premier League uh, this past season introduced red cards for slow overrates. I would love to see yellow cards even being implemented, experimented in these leagues around the world. And if it actually it's working, if it's impactful, maybe the ICC and the MCC should look into amending the rules of the game just so scenarios like this can be avoided. And we don't need to be on this podcast at 1230 a.m. on Trying to make sense day. of it all. Yeah. It's stupid because we can't. We can't. There's there's no way to win this argument, I think. Um, I just appreciate the fact that our, our entire Patreon audience, whoever had commented on this post, they all agree with what we're saying. It makes no sense. This shouldn't be fair. This is unfair. Like, I'm just skimming through it. And that's sort of the vibe. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, sanity is prevailing in our Patreon account and uh, our Patreon subscriptions because, man, that would have been annoying. 
I want to end this on what Omer is asking. Uh, you know, just because I feel like I ranted a lot and I was really annoyed uh, because, bro, this Bashar messaged me at 11 p.m. He was like, bro, we got to do an emergency pod about this. I'm like, really, man? Because I've been reading this entire thing on Twitter and on uh, on on the social medias and our Discord. Like, everyone's talking about it and it's annoying. I don't want to talk about this, but I have a podcast to do, so I'm here. But the way I want to end this has nothing to do with anything. Nassim Shah on the Manchester United Instagram account. That's huge. Talk about that. That's massive. I sent that to a few of my huge friends that are uh, massive Manu fans, and they were shocked. They said a lot of other celebrities and players have visited the Manu Stadium, the matches, but nobody has ever been posted on their official page. And this was actually a collaborated post with Nasim Shah. So I loved the whole cross fertilization between Nasim's fans, the Manu fans. I personally do not support Manu. Not my team. What's I, your team? I used to support Arsenal back in the day, but that's only because I used to play FIFA 08 on the PS2. Oh my God, you're dating yourself. So this is like back when Robin Van Persie were there. <laughs> oh, wow. Nazari, maybe? A few of the other names. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that, I used to love Arsenal for some reason. But so that's why I maybe I may have stuck to Arsenal. I don't watch football, soccer, any of it. So He only watches just, cricket and a lot it of it. It just goes over my yeah. head. Yeah. I try to understand the whole Premier League thing because I want to relate it back to cricket um, and see if there's any I think, overlap. I think if you're a fan of sports, it's okay to like sort of dip your toes in and out. Like I watch the second most sport I watch is probably the NBA. And the third is Premier League football. My team is not even in the Premier League right now. Uh, my team is Leicester City and they're playing the championship and it's it's a tough ride. But it's good to watch that. I, I'm, I'm all in favor of that. And it's lo- lovely to see Nassim, you know, in game being represented by the big ones. I'm just glad they didn't get Mohamed Yusuf in that shot as well because that would have been a tough spill to swallow for the Man U fans. The last thing I wanted to say was that it's uh, it was quite fitting that Angelo Matthews got Shalke Blossom's wicket and he gave that very funny timeout pose. I think... This Sri Lankan team is now riled up to face New Zealand. And Ooh. I really hope that they are mad. They want revenge. They want to take out their aggression and frustration. Okay, and that's an angle that I didn't even see. A pissed off Sri Lankan team. So, yo, okay. Pause. So, I, I know I haven't talked to you about this off air, but there's we're definitely going to review the Sri Lanka-New Zealand game, right? That's definitely of course, happening. Of course, of course. If Sri Lanka beats New Zealand, I will take everything I said on this podcast back. I will have Shakibulasan plastered on the wall here for two days. And, you know, Shakibulasan will become my Shahid Afridi. That It'll will be happen. a thank you podcast for Shakib to rile up this Sri Lankan team to help beat New Zealand. Only, only if New Zealand is beat will I do that. But, you know, you've, you've sort of changed my whole perspective on this entire thing. Um Thank you, Bashar, for, you know, getting my, you know, lazy butt out of the bed and, you know, onto this chair. And now I have to edit this podcast for the next two hours. People are just going to be happy that we talked about this. This is genuinely one of those things where I didn't think that the emergency pod that was coming would be on a Noggin Derby match. But here we are. I love that there is a Noggin Derby in general, but shameful Bangladesh, shameful Shakib. You guys, you know what you guys need to do better in your cricket and not in your rule play, rule book playing. And... um I just hope, is there a way to get an a, a team, a test playing team down to associate levels again, Bashar? Because I would sign that petition in a heartbeat. Nazar <laughs> <laughs> Sayyid signing off from Backward Point Podcast, annoyed, disgruntled, and pissed off. But you know what? All in a day's work. Love cricket. Uh, Angela Matthews, you're a, he's a championship champion, right? He's won a T20 World Cup. 2014. 
my boy, you got nothing to lose. Keep your head up high and helmet higher. We got this. Please beat New Zealand. Bashar, finish your thoughts so we can go back to bed. Signing off, Bashar Sayed. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Spotify, Patreon, Discord community. Shout out to all of you guys. And we will see you hopefully the next match with some good news regarding the Pakistan team's qualification. Cheers. Toodles.